Where do we even start? A conversation about fashion, starting a career, and being a 20-something with hosts Alex, Chloe, and Erica. and welcome back to this week's episode of Where Do We Even Start? In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about zero waste and how the three of us reduce waste in our everyday lives. It's this or that. So for this week's this or that, it's Miley Cyrus or Hannah Montana. And yes, they are two different people. Whoa. I think I'm Hannah Montana. She released the best music ever she really did release some good music i think i'm more about miley's or was she miley cyrus or miley stewart are we talking about the show are we talking oh. about miley stewart in the show or miley cyrus in about, real like, life oh you guys just brought up a whole other thing so possibly three answers then um this that or or what's the other word that we could the other um, I was talking like Miley Cyrus, like the the person person, and her character in the show like oh. combined. Okay, my answer stays the same. I you could talk about Miley Stewart. I I like the idea of Miley Stewart more because I like the mysterious behind the scenes energy. Okay, well I'll have my answer for you, and we've all answered differently, basically. Uh, my answer yeah. is Miley Cyrus because I think she has better character development. I know she's a real person, but, like, I think it's really cool how she's evolved throughout her life. Find Your Way Back Home is the most underrated bop of the 2000s. Hands down, fight me on it. The climb? Honestly, oh, I cried to that all the time. (laughs) It's a little personal, but... (laughs) Okay, um, so we've all answered differently. Super nice to have different reasons. Let's get no into winner this week. Top- <laughs> yeah, there's no winner. We're equal across the board today. Um, so let's get into today's topic. Before we start, we're actually going to define zero waste. Um, so here is the definition. A goal that is ethical, economical, efficient, and visionary to guide people in changing their lifestyles and practices to emulate sustainable natural cycles where all discarded materials are designed to become resources for others to use. So, after hearing that, what does this line up with how you guys would personally describe zero waste and what your thoughts are about it? Um, I think part of it does, but how I define zero waste in my life and how I see it in other people's lives is how it's more of like an integrated lifestyle change and how it wouldn't be the same for everyone. Everyone would apply the different zero waste tips. Mm-hmm. I think for me, when I hear the term zero waste, I think back to the cycle of refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. So going into that first portion of it where you're just refusing it right off the bat, refusing plastic cutlery, refusing plastic bags, refusing any waste that you don't need in your life, and then taking it to can you reduce, can you reuse, and then can you recycle it? Because we're going to get into recycling later, I would imagine, 
but Mm -hmm. not all recycling is the same and sometimes things are happening in your recycling that you don't know yeah another good one on that list is repair give things give things a longer life definitely I think that would come in between the reusing and recycling that's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing of clothing is that you can reuse it but Mm -hmm. it also gets that extra step of repairing it and then recycling could include taking it to the thrift store or taking it to textile waste or other places that you take your clothing exactly you guys have actually brought up the next thing i wanted to talk about which is the waste hierarchy so going from the most impactful things to the least impactful things so the first one is reduce so making less waste altogether um the second one is reuse so reuse materials as many times as possible then the next one is recycle recycle waste into new products the fourth one is recover so recover energy from waste and the fifth one is dispose which is sending waste to landfills so i wanted to structure this one where we talk about each of the levels and things that you can do within each level and different products you can buy in each level Can we put refuse on the top of that hierarchy, though? I think it would be at the top, yeah. On the hierarchy I'm looking at, this is like avoid and reduce. It's kind of, I think they're saying it. I think it's like, we can tie them out at the same level. I was just, in my opinion, refuse is completely cutting it out of your life and Mm -hmm. saying no to it at the consumer purchasing level. And Mm -hmm. reducing is reducing the amount that you use it or reducing the amount that you purchase it. So refuse is like completely zero waste. And then reduce Mm -hmm. is like supplementing your current life with zero waste tactics. Mm -hmm. I feel like you've also brought up the topic right now of like how confusing zero waste is and how everyone (sighs) defines it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because there isn't, there's no set definitions of how to be zero waste because everyone does it in their own ways. But let's start with the avoid slash reduce section, which is the number one. So what are some businesses or products that you guys like that either have no packaging or are reduced packaging? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for that section for me that I would do like every single week is bringing my own bags to the grocery store for like cloth bags, but also produce bags. For me, when I think of reduced, I think of Lush and their naked products that come completely package free and are usable in the bath, in the bathroom. And once the product is gone, there's no packaging left and you don't have to worry about any type of garbage. Yeah, I think that Lush is really one of the best companies when it comes to picking zero waste products. And they've been doing it for such a long time, even before this was like a trendy thing to do, where you create no waste. And I think another company in Vancouver that's kind of comparable to Lush uses a different model is the soap dispensary. So instead of picking solid products with no packaging, you actually bring in your own bottles and then they fill them. And then you only pay for the product that you're getting. So it's another way of just avoiding using packaging. And again, going back to something else on the hierarchy, which is recycling. So reusing bottles that you may have gotten from other products in the past. 
yeah, a bunch of little zero waste shops like that are popping up a bunch of places. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And lots of bulk food places will mm. offer refillable soaps or package-free soaps and other cleaning and household supplies as well. So make sure to take a look and ask questions. And bring your own containers, those kind of things. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that almost every grocery store has a bulk food section, and a lot of them do let you bring your own jars and fill your jars, just like the whole idea of asking the questions before you go in. I know that right now, because of the current situations and social isolation, a lot of them aren't letting you do bulk food from those sections. So you probably have to go to more like tailored places like the soap dispensary that focus on a whole model of bringing in your own containers because I know that they're still open, but I'm just not sure about regular stores right now. And at this point with um, the current social situation, we are all trying to make changes around the new standards that have come out to try and Mm -hmm. keep the virus down, which lots of people are do a great job of bringing their own mugs or their own cups to cafes and that type of thing. And unfortunately they're not allowing, or lots of places Mm -hmm. I should say are not allowing people to use those. And so we're all trying to cope and find different ways to work around the current situation. Mm -hmm. And I think we've kind of come to the next section with what Chloe's just said with the reuse. So one thing, if you are still wanting to get like your Starbucks coffee in the morning, a great thing that you can do is wash and reuse the plastic container it comes in. If you're getting a cold drink, what are some ways that you guys reuse things in your life or products that you find are really easy to reuse? So I'm going to shout out a really fantastic brand that was on Shark Tank, and they are called Blue Land. And Blue Land is a company that creates household cleaning products and supplies that come in acrylic uh, spray containers and that type of thing. And you fill them up with water and you put one of their tablets in, which comes in a compostable packaging, and you can buy refill packs for them, and you keep your acrylic containers and just continue to refill them. Mm. Very cool. Um, Alex has her coveted swell bottle. Oh, yes. Oh, my swell bottles are my babies. I miss using them so much. That is one thing that I had. It was a very good habit before the whole virus started. I would always have my reusable mug on me and usually make my coffees at home. But I, would, I had a good habit where if I didn't have my reusable cup and I was out and about and wanted a coffee, I would not buy one unless I was sitting down and using like the porcelain mugs in a cafe. But another one I can think of is a big problem with zero waste is that interest in social media has kind of made a whole zero waste aesthetic that makes people think like they need to go out and buy a bunch of things to be zero waste. And part of the aesthetic is mason jars for some reason. So a lot of people starting zero waste think they need to go out and buy a whole flat of mason jars when a lot of products that you probably have day to day come in very similar jars like peanut butter and jam and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things like that can be um, rinsed and reused rather than um, putting more products into this cycle. 
Yeah, that's a really good point because I know that a lot of people, like, they want to go and buy a perfect new cutlery set to carry around with them and be zero waste, but there's nothing wrong with carrying around, like, your metal cutlery in your lunch <laughs> and using it again. And it kind of brings up a whole other thing that I do with the whole reuse idea is in my house, you know when people gift you soap and, like, other toiletries for Christmas? And at Christmas, you just get, like, an abundance of soap? Or is this just me? Yes, every year. Okay. Every year. So something that... <laughs> I do, and I read about this in, like, the 10th grade, but before I go and buy a new product, I use up all of that type of product that's in my house. For soap, I haven't had to go out and buy a bar of soap since the 10th grade, because every year for Christmas, people gift my family so much soap that we just haven't had to buy any, and there's, like, there's no need for me to go and buy soap when I have so much in my house, and I think that's a really big part of reusing. Like, maybe this isn't, like, my favorite brand or something, but it's still a product and it's still usable. So using the products that you have and then only going to buy products when you're actually out of them. And I think that goes along with the tons of people when they are looking to switch to zero waste. Like you guys said, they want to go buy the best things that everybody is recommending, but there are alternatives to doing this. So, for mm -hmm. example, uh, Ziploc bags are something that lots of people tend to throw away. An option for that is having buying high-quality Ziploc bags and washing them and allowing yeah. them to air dry overnight mm -hmm. or whatever. And then another option is stasher bags, which mm -hmm. are silicone bags that have a zip seal on the top. Both Alex and Erica use them. I love and stasher bags. <laughs> But another option to that, if you don't want to go out and purchase high-quality plastic bags to reuse them, and you don't want to spend the money on stashers, is using yogurt containers and using the spaghetti sauce mm -hmm. container and the things around your house as material to carry things in, because not everything has to be aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. It needs to work for you, for your lifestyle, and for your bank account. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's super important to think about because it doesn't need to be cute. And it's something that my grandma used to do. She used to clean and keep every single yogurt container. And whenever you went to the freezer, it looked like she had this giant hoard of yogurt. This is something that's been lost somehow in the past few generations, that people don't just keep things and reuse them. It's such a good tip to use what you already have. I think the umbrella way to define that is like how you divert waste from the landfill mm -hmm. is keeping it in a cycle in your own home is a lot more sustainable than sending it away to recycling and we're yeah. we're getting up to recycling but I think that's something people don't know is recycling isn't necessarily positive so it's a lot more environmentally exactly. sustainable to keep it in a closed loop in your own home we should touch on textiles a little and I think either why not like <laughs> repurposing your clothing and I know that what my family does a lot is when like you have ripped up sheets or something you rip them up more and you turn them into rags because why do you have to go out and buy fancy rags that you're just going to get dirty when you have perfectly good fabric at home that you can just rip up and use and no shame but socks and underwear and stuff like that are great for that too yeah like, like sock as a like uh a sock as a dusting cloth mm -hmm. works wonders. 
Oh, it's fantastic. Those little dust bunnies. Yeah, I think that there's just so much. Like, I don't think shame is the right word, but there's like. I it think is what it is. Really... Um, like the shame and blame mindset of a lot of forward-thinking environmental practices is when um people have like eco anxiety and they are so overwhelmed with so many people preaching different lifestyles and changes at them that you kind of freeze and aren't sure how you can change your life to help mm-hmm. and want to just not do anything. Have you guys heard of mm-hmm. that concept? <laughs> I actually haven't. That's the first I've heard about it. Hmm. Very interesting. So are we ready to go to the recycling section? I think so. Ready as okay. I'll ever be. So I want to start the recycling question, the recycling section with a question. I said that really poorly, but you get what I mean. Got the it. Tongue twister. Um, what are some things you recycle that you don't think lots of other people are aware that they can recycle? Uh... Can I start with something that some people might recycle but re- but not know that it actually can't be recycled? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, sure. Paper Just cups. That when you say it. Um, <gasps> so instead, I'm for the first thing that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about something that people recycle all the time but don't realize that it can't be recycled. So paper cups from cafes or from chain restaurants, that type of thing, those can't be recycled because they have a plastic lining on the inside, which prevents the drink from seeping through the paper. So getting a paper cup, you think, wow, this is such a great thing. I can throw it in the compost or I can throw it in the recycling. When in actuality, you you have contaminated that entire bag of recycling and most recycling plants won't take the time to take that cup out and they will just throw everything from that recycling bag in the garbage. I hate talking about recycling because there's a lot of um, misconception and assumptions about it because a lot of our waste is not recycled because no one wants our waste. So it just sits in warehouses until companies that want recyclable goods purchase it from the municipalities. Um, But maybe I'll bring up polystyrene, which is what um, styrofoam is made out of. That's my buzzword of this year. (laughs) Um, It's what uh, styrofoam containers and those like foggy plastic lids that often go with styrofoam containers are made out of and it's a form of plastic um, from crude oil that is very hard to recycle but for many reasons but it's starting to be sort of the main reasons it's challenging to recycle is because it's so light and there's so much air content that when it's collected by a recycling truck it blows out and it's often very contaminated too and very hard to clean but also hard to be recycled. But it can be. There's new technology to help recycle it. Okay, so I'm going to bring up 
a couple of things that people probably don't know that they can recycle. The first one is batteries. So if you live in Canada, you can go to any London Drugs and recycle your batteries. All you have to do is, unfortunately, put them in this little plastic bag and then put them into the container. And it's and Return of Depot. Yeah, Return of Depot does it too. And I think that the easiest way to find out how many different things that you can actually recycle it is is by going to your city's website and checking out what there is. So where I live, you can recycle so many things that I didn't know about. Plastic bags can be recycled, light bulbs. There is a place where you can bring um, old electronics. So you can bring your fridge, you could bring headphones, you could bring like any kind of electronics. So the real... The real reason we're bring, I'm bringing this up is because I want people to go out and look and see what they can recycle. And if you haven't been able to reduce or reuse, it's best to recycle everything that you can instead of recovering or disposing of it. So really pushing to recycle as many things as you can after the two, two steps before. Because there's so many things that we send to a landfill that don't need to be sent to a landfill. And I also think touching on that topic as well, you need to be cognizant of what you're putting in your recycling bins because Mm -hmm. if you aren't sure about something, chances are that it could not be recyclable and Mm -hmm. your entire recycling will go to the garbage and it will be counterproductive to everything that you did to try and sort it and figure out what could be recycled. So be cognizant, look at your municipality's mm-hmm. website and um, take a look. Yeah. It's also a good thing to respect your neighbors because when the recycling truck comes around, if you spent all your time cleaning your jars out and cleaning up all your polystyrene and then your neighbor doesn't and brings in a bunch of contaminated recycling um, and that ruins the whole truckload and it will of course often go to the landfill so it's good to educate your neighbors. Another thing that I find really helpful if you don't know if something can be recycled is going to your return of depot Because the one where I live, there are normally people there that can help you sort things out and answer questions that you have. So if you do have the questions and you can't find the answers online, go somewhere in person and bring the things that you want to recycle. We're going on to the next point now. So I personally think that when the term zero waste is brought up, a lot of people automatically think about packaging. So things that your food comes in, things that your clothing is shipped to you in, a lot of stuff like that. But there are more types of waste than just packaging waste. So can we talk about some of the other forms of waste that people can produce? Food waste. Yeah, so food waste is a really good one. Water waste. Oh, e-waste. Yes. Can you elaborate on that, actually? E-waste is the concept of, uh, like, 
cell phones and computers and electronics these days are not designed for disassembly to be taken apart at the end of their life. Like all the parts are very small and fused together. So they're basically impossible to recycle. E-waste basically means just all the dead electronics that aren't functional anymore and can't be recycled. There was a really cool fact this talking about e-waste kind of uh, sparked that for me, Alex. But did you know that a typical year of emails has the same carbon footprint as driving 200 miles? Despite being held in the cloud, your emails are still physically stored on a machine somewhere. These massive servers are running 24-7 and consume a huge amount of electricity and AC to ensure that they don't overheat. A year of emails is equivalent to 200 miles of driving. That's a lot That's of kilometers. Insane. How much is how much is 200 how miles? How many kilometers, kilometers? is that? Because I, I don't actually know like, how much 200 miles is. I'm like, like well, crazy, but I have I have no idea what that is. So it's 321 kilometers. That's Whoa. insane. One year of emails is equal to 321 kilometers of driving. That's insane. Kind of disgusts me, honestly. And that's something I didn't even know about. So I'm probably going to go delete my emails now. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Another one is fuel. So thinking about if you're driving places... And if you can take public transit instead, or if you can walk or bike there, or even carpooling with people is a really good way to reduce fuel waste. There are so many more, and I can't think of them right now, which is bothering me. I should have written more down. Yeah, I like how we're discussing the umbrella term of zero waste is kind of just a more environmentally conscious lifestyle. I think that's okay. the meaning that the word has kind of gotten over time. Yeah. Um, this is very specific to us and a lot of our peers, but textile waste and a lot of, mm -hmm. we create a lot of waste in our projects. Yeah. Which I think is just part of being creative. Um, like paint and paper scraps and yeah. glue. Glue is plastic and tape. Tape is plastic too. Mm -hmm. mm. And anything with Anything with glue on it or paint or anything like that is no longer and recyclable. Tape. And staples. If you have a staple in your paper, it's not recyclable. <laughs> there are honestly the end of the day, what we're what we're saying is don't get to the recycling step. Do reduce, reuse, and just keep doing that. That's the best thing you can do. Okay, so let me find another question because I'm getting lost in my notes. Sorry, my notes are just really confusing to look at. They're like Alex's class notes. <laughs> okay, so my next question is, what would you say to help others aspiring to create less waste? Oh, I have so much advice! Start somewhere. I have some advice and then I have some tangible tips. Um... Okay pieces of advice. Don't feel bad if you make a mistake or aren't doing it perfectly. 
because two, it's more effective to have a bunch of people doing zero waste imperfectly than just a few people doing it perfectly. That's a lot more sustainable. Mm -hmm. And then number three advice is be mindful of different people's different lifestyles and paths because something that you're able to implement, not everyone is able to. For example, um, a couple years ago, there's the huge plastic straw freakout. And there's actually a part of the population who relies on plastic straws to consume things. So that's one of those things that like everyone is on their different path. And so focus on your own zero waste journey and lifestyle and avoid comparing your methods to someone who might collect their trash in a jar or walk everywhere. So a few things that I do is um, pack meals ahead because then you won't be tempted to get takeout food that comes in a lot of waste. And that goes hand in hand with planning ahead, like planning your grocery trips so that you have the things you need to be able to do that efficiently. Shop local because that often saves a lot of waste and like avoiding online shopping and stuff like that if you don't need to. Um, only apply tips and routines that have longevity and sustainability, like not necessarily in the lens of environmental sustainability, like the way that you can like sustain it in your life because it, it would be more seamless and easy. <laughs> uh, if you have to buy things, buy with longevity or buy used. And my last one is take advantage of services in your city or area, um, like the package-free shops that we were talking about a bit before, or things like libraries. You wouldn't even think of that, but um, it can be a lot more energy efficient to borrow things like rent books or rent tools and things like that if you don't need it to own it. Okay, one thing that we all do is we carry around extra tote bags for when we go shopping or if we anticipate carrying more things. So when you have a tote bag in your purse, it's easy, like, if you're like, oh, I have to go buy groceries, then you've already stopped yourself from using a plastic bag or maybe a paper bag that the store will provide. And tote bags are really small and easy to carry around as an extra thing. Tying that habit back to the eco-anxiety uh, concept I brought up before, I think the reason I'm so good about bringing tote bags and reusable mugs is I'm so hard on myself that I'm so shameful if I don't have my reusables mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. Not that anyone would judge me if I'm using a plastic bag or a disposable cup. Just in my own life, I don't like the idea of that. So... I am not the best at implementing zero waste or low waste things into my life. And I'm, it's something that I'm working on and something that I'm trying really hard. I do my best to bring my reusable water bottle places. I do my best to bring my reusable utensils, but sometimes they're just dirty and I forget them at home. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes things happen and I I'm in a pinch and I need something and I think I do beat myself up a lot about it because like Alex said I'm almost embarrassed that like people are people are gonna see me that like 
I'm taking three plastic bags because I only brought one tote bag or Mm. seeing that I'm trying my best and then falling short of what I need to do to perfectly make it work. And so, yeah, I'm just trying my best. I have, I do my best to implement zero waste tactics into my life but I'm far away from being completely zero waste. And I think that's something that we can all work towards. And like Alex said earlier in the podcast, people who, if you have a bunch of people that are doing zero waste imperfectly, it's going it's going to be way more helpful than a few people doing it perfectly. You know what, Chloe, I'm going to agree with you because I'm not good at this whole zero waste thing either. It probably sounds like I'm pretty good at it by the way that I'm talking, but like, there's things that are kind of out of my control. Like, at my home, I lit- I don't do the grocery shopping. So, my family shops at Costco. And shopping at Costco means that everything comes in plastic packaging. Even things that don't need to. You'll buy a thing of peppers, and you could have bought individual peppers, but they're all in this plastic bag. And it's something that really does bother me whenever we get groceries and stuff. I'm like, oh, look at all this waste that we're producing. But at the end of the day... It's a lot easier for my family because of our situation to shop at Costco and buy in bigger quantities than to do a grocery shop once or twice a week because my family just, we eat more food than other families do and there's more people in our house. So it just makes sense. Um, And it's really, it's one of those things that like in a perfect world, I wouldn't want to buy things at Costco. I would rather buy things like locally, but I don't live in a perfect world and I'm doing my best all the time. Um, In a perfect world, we would all be going to the farmer's market and buying fresh eggs and vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. And we would all be riding our eco-friendly carbon bicycles to work every day. And... That perfect world is really nice and we can strive towards a goal like that, but we also have to get through our daily lives. So mm-hmm. implementing small things is really important to mm-hmm. go, getting on that journey to that perfect world. Mm-hmm. Slow growth. Slow growth. And I think, okay, I have one last tip. Um And that is wherever you um, spend a lot of time, so a lot of people spend most of their time at home and then at work, have your zero waste necessities at home and at work. So if you normally have a take, like, sorry. So having cutlery, a mug, a tote bag, um, what else could you need? I don't know. A straw. A straw. All of those things, have them at home, have them at work even have two sets at work so that if something is dirty, then you have another one. Um, and this way, even if you forget something, you have that spare one at work that you can use, um, which is just really easy. And then mm-hmm. the only thing that's hard is replacing it once you've gotten it dirty, which definitely takes a little bit of like mind power, but... Little, little things thing. like that... Um planning ahead and setting yourself up for success is Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way you build habits and once you have the habits rolling you kind of wonder like why was it so hard for me not to do that before when it's so integrated into your life 
if mm-hmm. bringing your lunch containers or whatever, or your tote bags or whatever it may be, when it, it just becomes habit, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's okay. the best way to be consistent. Yeah. The next thing, uh, what are some of your favorite zero waste or less wasteful products? You don't have to use them. They could be aspirational, too. Oh, okay. Then I have a couple. Because I know that we aren't all perfect and we haven't gone to using everything zero waste yet. And for some reason, a lot of it is very expensive. Yeah, that's a, a whole, whole other, other thing. Chat. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I have two things that kind of both go along with laundry because laundry can be a big waste creator. And so there's a company called True Earth Movement and they are designing, it's a laundry detergent that is in like a paper form and you rip off a like square of it and you put it in the washing machine and it is like a Tide Pod or a laundry pod, but it completely disintegrates and leaves no plastic or microplastics behind. And so True Earth Movement is a great company. They have non-scented and scented versions. It's super cool. Alex. And I think they have it for the dishwasher too. Yeah. Very cool. Um, And then my other one is guppy bags or filter bags. So guppy bags are a filter bag that you can put your polyester or other man-made material clothing in that catches the small particles that slough off the fiber. And it catches it in the bag so you can properly dispose of it so it doesn't go into our water system and then into our food system through the fish. Did you know that humans eat a credit card worth of plastic every week? Just speaking on microplastics. (laughs) Anyways, um, the products that come come to mind for me, we've already talked about Lush a bit, but if someone's not super familiar with them, besides like the shampoo and conditioner bars, they have a lot of other package-free things too, like um, body wash soap bars, face Mm -hmm. cleanser soap bars, um, they even have like lotion massage bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a specific product, and I do not own it, but bring it back to fashion because that's what our underlying theme is. Uh, a designer that I really like and I discovered when I was looking into zero waste design a few years ago is Zero Waste Daniel. And mm-hmm. he is a New York based designer and he collects. Um, textile scraps from a bunch of other local designers in New York. And he creates kind of collage type garments, a lot of like loungewear stuff and uses a lot of the scraps to also make motifs on like t-shirts and sweatshirts, all using uh, textiles that would otherwise be too small and just end up in the landfill. So he's very neat and ahead of his time when he started. A fact about Lush is that even with their non even with their non-naked products, which is the collection of products that doesn't have any packaging, the little plastic 
containers that the other products mm-hmm. come in, like their face masks and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. They do a collection program and you can bring those back and they get washed and reused and made into new plastic containers. Mm-hmm. And super cool fact that Alex and I learned while we were at a Lush store one time talking to an employee is that when the containers are no longer usable to remake the plastic containers to be sold again, they actually get melted down and made into the signs that you see in the Lush store. So they're taking it a step Mm -hmm. further where even if it can't be reused to sell again, they will actually divert it from the landfills and use it in their stores again, which is super cool. Very cool. Um, and the re- the only reason they wouldn't be able to reuse the black pots is because they become contaminated and plastic degrades over time. Like every time it's recycled, it becomes lower and lower quality, like any material. But yeah, all those signs that they do all that white writing on all around the store is their old black pots. I've That's done so that. Cool. Um, have returned things so many times and you bring back um if anyone has lush products you have five pots and they give you a free face mask for it so you start another whole That's collection great. of them so okay i think well one of my favorite zero waste products is my lush shampoo bar i've already talked about mm-hmm. it i feel like i've already talked about both of my products that i like but i'll touch on them <laughs> and then my second product is uh revel girl underwear it's a replacement for single-use period products um so it's basically reusable underwear that's completely leak proof that you wear for your period highly recommends that you go check it out it's amazing um i wasn't sure if we were going there but diva cup is another product along those lines yeah into it (laughs) which i recommend that one Mm-hmm. And for those people that are trying to move to a zero waste lifestyle, but are trying to implement small things to start off, changing to organic or co- cotton mm-hmm. organic pads and tampons with no applicators is a great way mm-hmm. to get started on that journey for your period mm-hmm. products. If you're not ready to switch to fully reusable, that's a great option for you to start that journey with. Can you explain to us the difference between biodegradable, compostable, oh. and then biodegradable from home and an industrial bio or compost looks like? It's the most common misconception. So we're talking about the difference between biodegradable and compostable, which, um, and there's also a difference between industrial compost and home compost. So we'll start with that. And compostable so at home you can only really do fruits and vegetable scraps to be able to um return to the earth in your own backyard and then industrial compost you can put things anything that is derived from something already living before can return back to the earth so um like meat fruits and vegetables plants can all go to a city compost where it's industrially treated with heat and such. I don't know exactly how they do it. Um, But that's often confused with biodegradability, which um, 
Biodegradability means that it can basically turn back to soil without any external energy. Um, so how do I scientifically say that? It, it doesn't need any outside source to degrade. You could go into your backyard, stick it in the soil, and leave it there. And it would be gone. Um, so the main... The main problem with that is people think compost means biodegradable, and so they'll do things like that, or they think if your cotton t-shirt is marketed to be compostable, they think it might be like biodegradable and you can bury it in your backyard. <laughs> um, another composting trauma is fruit stickers. I feel like I've been really oh. I hope this makes sense, but... Um, I was told a story this year in one of my classes where a whole truckload of avocados coming up here from Mexico went bad. So they couldn't be sold in supermarkets, but they were all already labeled with the plastic stickers. So that whole truckload of avocados had to go to the landfill because it can't be composted or it'll contaminate the whole batch of compost with the plastic stickers. So if you have access to composting in your city, make sure you take off the stickers first. Mm -hmm. Check companies because a lot of designers and companies use those words interchangeably or improperly and check their facts because, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to end on the thought again that um, it's my favorite thing to read and reread on like a bunch of zero waste blogs and stuff is, again, it's more effective to have a bunch of people doing their own little part imperfectly rather than a bunch of people doing it perfectly. So don't be scared to start doing a few different things. You don't have to do it perfectly. You can make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're working towards zero waste. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week. Make sure to leave a review down below if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our channel. And follow us on Instagram at Where Do We Even Start? We'll catch you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Where Do We Even Start? And we'll catch you next Monday. Bye! Bye.